And welcome to Ponderings from the Perch, the Little Bird Marketing Company's podcast. This is the modern podcast for the modern entrepreneur. And today, for the modern entrepreneur, we have something different. It's not run, 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 go, go, go. I have a wonderful gift for you today. It's called Pause. And we're going to actually take a deep breath, and I'm going to introduce my awesome guest. This is Rachel O'Meara, who's written the book, Pause, Harnessing the Life-Changing Power of Giving Yourself a Break. I'm all in for it, Rachel. (laughs) Hi, welcome. Hi. Hi, Priscilla. Great to be here today. Oh, you know, I've been looking forward to this for a long time. Rachel and I, full disclosure, we've known each other for a while, (laughs) and uh, we have a background together. We have a deep love of emerging women. That's what we have in common. We've we've been to several of those uh, events. And uh, Rachel, which events have you been to? Um, You you were there, obviously, we talked more last year because we talked more about the book. But what other years have you attended Emerging Women? Yeah, so I was first introduced in 2015. So that was my first year. And then the second year was last year. So I've been there two years. And I'm hoping to go this year and attend and participate. Well, you know, the year before that, uh, 13, uh, Ariana Huffington spoke, and that that kind of rings a bell to me because you have a total endorsement of your book, which I find mm-hmm. no small thing, <laughs> an endorsement of your book, front and center, right on the front cover from Ariana Huffington herself. That is amazing. Just kudos to you. I know. Well, th- well and kudos to Ariana. Praise. Thank you, Ariana. Yeah. Just from uh, recognition of, I think, a message that resonated with her. Mm-hmm. And, and I met her at Google a couple of years ago when she spoke about Thrive. Mm-hmm. And we literally hit it off. I mm-hmm. asked her some questions and she said, we need to share our stories. And that's how people will learn how to pause. And it literally, literally was like exactly what I had been doing as I was writing the book. So, right. yeah, it, it's it's a, it's an amazing uh, like just creating of a relationship that happened from that. Well, she must have an amazing team around her, and she must have really drawn some lines pretty, you know, pretty fiercely. Because I have, she's given me her email address. She's, I've reached out to her about something, gotten mm-hmm. the help I needed. Obviously, she is not just the talk in terms of supporting other women and um, in, you know, in um, in their fields, and really helping to 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 breathe more life into this culture of wait, 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 wait. What are we doing? Here? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she walks the talk. You said it. Yeah. And I, uh, I see her as a, as someone leading from the front on a lot of different issues, including things like the sleep revolution, which was her mm-hmm. other book. And right. now she's got thrive global and, and a platform for well-being. I mean, it's, it's her whole embodiment for living consciously mm-hmm. in a way that's fulfilling and really adds value. And her sister Agape is also a colleague of mine and, and um, she's also amazing. Like they're just incredible and they walk the talk and, mm-hmm. and it's all about what, what they are, what we, what we are too. And, Hopefully we can all bounce off each other. Well, I want to talk more about your book, but it's funny you just brought up Agape. And, you know, Agape came on the stage with Ariana <laughs> when I saw her in New York. And I was like, what a beautiful way to be. And this is, you know, to me, this is our choice in front of us. I have a network. I can help promote what you're doing, not because mm-hmm. it's some marketing. I, I make no money out of my podcast. It's because I believe in this. I believe in the work that you're doing. I believe that we should put it forward. And I see that in them. And then it's not like 
like, oh, they're up there and they're these, you know, we we also need to do it in our network. And that's what I love Mm -hmm. about being at Emerging Women. That's what I loved about meeting you and over the years, this relationship developing. And to hear you talk last year that the book's almost coming out. It got me so excited. And and when I read Mm -hmm. it, you know, and and I did read Thrive, but I got to tell you, it's not like, oh, it's this or this. This is such an amazing continuation. And I want everybody to really understand your story and coming from this amazing, you know, Google background um, and, and knowledge and, and corporate environment. And then what really happened and why is this message so important? So before we get started yeah. on that, I'm going to let people kind of connect us. So we, what we have in common is we both love, obviously Emerging love Ariana women. Emerging Women and Ariana Huffington. It's like Ooh. all there together. Um, <laughs> so tell us a fun fact before I dive in and just let you really get juicy about this book. Yeah, for sure. Fun facts. I'm all about fun facts. So I am engaged, actually. I got engaged in December of 2016, the very, very end, right at the holidays, and so I'm actually, as the book has launched, and today's the one-month anniversary of the launch, by the way, mm-hmm. um, that we're recording, I am planning a wedding. And, wow. <laughs> and, and we're actually, uh, we're planning a few things because my fiancé is from India, and so we're doing a we're doing something here and then we're in the U S and we're doing in San Francisco, we're doing something in India in December. And then we're actually doing like a civil ceremony before that. So we kind of have a whole string of events and I have no idea how it will all turn out, but I'm excited and it's exciting to be planning that and knowing that's where my big relationship with the, uh, with like family and, and, uh, and significant others is, playing out. So I'm super excited to be doing that and launching a book. So it's a big year. (laughs) Yeah, it is a big year. Please tell me this is going to be like a Bollywood wedding. (laughs) Is it going to be? (laughs) I actually think it'd be awesome to be a Bollywood wedding. We had our engagement party and it literally was kind of like a Bollywood uh, scene with a bunch of people bopping around and and dancing all awesome Punjabi style. So Uh That was really fun, and I think that I will continue on into the festivity. So oh, well, that's yeah. cool. I Fingers do... crossed, probably going to be in Bollywood in some form or right. fashion. I love it. And then, to me, it's just because I love embracing that's like, you know, everybody's culture that they bring in. It's like some of the things are so. It's so beautiful, you know, way they the way they stop and celebrate things and put those things in the right place on the right pedestal that where they belong. It's truly such a heightened, you know, celebration. So I, I I'm excited for you. That that that's so Thank cool. You. It is yeah, a lot. Exciting. It is a lot going on. <laughs> yeah, it, it's funny how I think it, it really. I think rains when it rains it pours is a true true to life statement for me in right, this case for right. sure. Well, before we get into your book, I did want to give people a little bit of um, an introduction from your world where you came from in, you know, having been a Googler and as a Googler and your experience, because my my audience for this podcast is a lot of people who are VPs of marketing in the marketing industry, um, you know, entrepreneurs themselves, they're scratching their head wondering, how can I keep moving my my business forward? In general, the people who are listening um, to me are the people who are in charge of driving profit for their companies. And it, you know, then the the actual titles range, but because of that, give us a little bit of insight about what you're doing at Google day in and day out, and how it relates to advertising and marketing. Yeah, and that's where we cross paths again. Yeah. I think in uh-huh. that sense, and uh, 
Yeah, so a little background. I work at Google currently, and my my role is I'm I uh, I work in sales with the Double Click Ad Exchange. Mm-hmm. So for anyone who knows that, that's the programmatic buying world, real time bidding, uh, putting some lingo out there. But <laughs> I've been in that about five years. That's the role that I have now since I returned from my three month unpaid break that I talk about in pause. So I've been a Double Click that was acquired by Google for a while. I've been at Google nine years total. I've done a bunch of different roles from operations uh, to more on the, the, the display side with sales consulting, like sales engineering for pre-sales stuff. And then I was at DoubleClick prior to that when we got acquired in 2008. So I've always been in digital advertising for the most part for about 15 plus years and been working on the publisher side. I worked with DoubleClick for publishers. I worked for DoubleClick for advertisers and done even like some crazy stuff with finance and like rolled out some Salesforce admin things. And so I feel like I've had this trade of all things, but um, my background really is the online advertising world from the, from the display side. Mm -hmm. So um, what's, what's cool is I, I think I've, I've just learned a lot about marketing and advertising from the industry. Mm -hmm. And even though I'm not hands-on, I'm not creating, campaigns I'm not uh, doing things like designing creatives but I'm I know the 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 supply chain a lot and I can relate and understand the publisher side and understand mm-hmm. the value that they bring with the advertiser or agency side and um, what's been really cool is the industry is so fast-paced right like we all right. probably can relate to that <laughs> and being at Google we are we are in the we're at the center of the storm and so um, what's been really cool is to learn about mobile and the formats and, and video and skippable ads or um, even things like the uh, like uh, accelerated mobile pages. I mean, like, yeah, there's just mm-hmm. always something to learn. And with programmatic buying, it's like more efficient, more optimization. And I just see how fast the industry has developed. And it's been cool to be in it because I feel like I've learned a ton. And even though it's really niche and most of us on the phone probably if we explain this to our, our grandparents or someone <laughs> who isn't in the industry, they like look with us with glossed over eyes as I commonly get. And uh, But we know it's like what the what keeps the internet ticking and how, how we monetize the world and make keep the internet free, right. right? Like that's advertising. So that's always been something that I've, I've have I've, I've I've shared with people because they're like, do you make those pop up ads? And I'm like, <laughs> oh, like pull the eyes and say, no, but I but I help keep the internet free. And then they're like, oh, oh yeah, really? Okay, cool. <laughs> so, I've so, never um, tried that. So one. yeah, so I get it. Like I understand what the day to day world is and all the challenges and and just so much intricacy about that with now things like data management and mm-hmm. optimization. Like it just gets more and more. In, in complex and enhanced. Yeah. So um, yeah. I get it. I just know there's so much to keep in mind. And I think with the irony is, you know, with pause, <laughs> which is the opposite, which is any intentional shift in behavior, um, you know, it kind of led me up this path of burnout. And that's what the story is. And it's good to kind of bring the worlds together here on your podcast. Yeah. Well, you talk about that burnout. And I really want to give people a taste of this. Um, about what the process was where you realized 
you were burnt out because mm-hmm. I I think that would be really the juice of what we want to talk about today. And then they will see from this how valuable it is to read your book. And then I want to put up my, my two cents at the end of what the part of your book I really loved and, and give you okay. a little bit of that yeah. feedback, what was meaningful to me. But we're all in this fast paced world. You're right. And, you know, you coming from advertising and understanding our world, we it is moving so fast. And, you know, you're right at Google, but most of us are knocking on the door going, Google, help us figure it out. You know, you keep changing things. We're, we're all, you know, <laughs> frantically running around trying to figure out how, um, how it is changing every day. And, you know, that goes all the way down to I have listeners who are entrepreneurs who are spending a little bit of money or maybe just getting started in Google AdWords or, you know, wondering, should I put money in Google AdWords or should I put it in Facebook? Or how do I start getting these keywords, you know, right? And, and how do I even understand SEO? So, we have people listening to this podcast on the whole scale, no matter where they are on the scale, they're relatively exhausted. <laughs> I will yeah. say that. So in that exhaustion, help us understand when we sit at our desk and we finally just go, ah, you know, and, and whatever noise it is you make or, you know, you hear your coworkers make or, yeah. you know, uh, there is something about just being frustrated with the job that you're doing right in that moment. But what really defines, um, like you talk about in your book, the five signs that you need to pause. Let's unpack those a little bit and help people understand so that they could walk away from this mm-hmm. podcast and knowing, is this just a little bit of frustration today or do I really need a pause? Do I need to really examine what's going on? Yeah. Okay. Great. And I just, I feel like going like, okay, let's all of us take one deep breath together and go. Because <laughs> uh, I feel like, yeah, we always just keep that pent up inside. Right. And what's wrong with expressing? I, that's like a huge message I have. And that mm-hmm. doesn't have to be in front of your neighbors or your colleagues. This mm-hmm. could literally be in your room or when you just have some downtime or want to just express. Because a lot of times we bottle stuff up, we push it away and we deny. And that does lead to burnout as well. So mm-hmm. it's part of it. Uh, so taking a step back you know, thinking about me and my story, uh, you know, I'll I'll give you a little preface about it and we'll talk about the science. So you mentioned wanting to burn out. So my situation at the time, so I'll bring you back to 2011, a couple of years ago where I was working and I was a customer support manager in operations for DoubleClick. So I was working with a, I had a team of about, about 10 like client customer support employees. And then I was working with ops. So it was like managing a lot of technical data and things like cases and support escalations and new processes. So crazy operational focus. And I was not doing great (laughs) to put it mildly. So I was really excited. I had a relatively new job. It was about six months into the role, probably maybe eight months into the role. And, uh, I just was getting feedback from various people. My manager was one of them and her manager was another person. And, uh, and I had a mentor at the time and the feedback was that I wasn't a good communicator that I didn't, uh, I didn't direct, I didn't, didn't succinctly and give direct messages to others. I wasn't hitting performance measurements pretty Mm -hmm. much. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't for lack of effort. You know, I was super, uh, super enthusiastic and I really wanted to do well. So I was working all the time actually and putting my nose to the grindstone and checking emails on Sundays. So I would be all fresh and ready on Mondays. And for whatever reason, I couldn't make the mark. And, you know, it wasn't for lack of effort. So what that all 
really, I think, meant was I was burning out, right? Mm -hmm. Like I say, I was spinning my wheels and that was only exacerbating the problem where if I had in hindsight maybe paused or intentionally shift my behavior just to take a weekend and reflect and be like, what's really going on here, Rachel? Mm -hmm. Or thinking about things as a, like taking myself out of the the first person and maybe more of an observing ego, thinking about things probably would have come up with some insights. But the reality was my mental mind, because I was getting this feedback, I just really thought I was a failure. And that was feeding into more thoughts about why am I so terrible at this job? And maybe I'm just like an idiot and just this negative self-talk spiral. Mm -hmm. And one thing led to the next and and another thought led to the next. And then really that's all I had in my head. And there was just this mental clutter that I wasn't able to think clearly. And here we go again. This was actually me in progress of burning out because there wasn't anything other than that really happening in my head. And so kind of like to your point about burnout, I think the first key step, which is a sign, is to just be aware mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and, and to ask yourself, how are you doing right now? Because, you know, you might be getting feedback. One of my signs is your boss tells you it's not working out. Right. Like, that literally <laughs> happened to me. But it doesn't need to be a very direct statement. This could be someone who knows you, like a colleague or, or someone in your personal life that says, you don't really seem super satisfied or it seems like you're working all the time mm-hmm. or why are, why are you now not able to meet me on our weekly walks mm-hmm. or you seem to always check your phone and people may not say that because it's not really kosher or polite, but you know, you can kind of sense that mm-hmm. <laughs> especially if you're tethered to your phone right. and that's another sign actually, which is what happened to me. All of these happened to me where you have a technology intervention and basically what that means is either you or someone else says, Hey, could you just put your phone down for 20 minutes and maybe have a, a meal without it? Wow. <laughs> or, you know, you're sleeping with it under your pillow, which, uh, which I know some people do so they can just hear the alarm and let alone in, in your, under your pillow, but maybe in your room. So technology intervention, it doesn't have to be someone else. It could be you in that observing ego standpoint saying, uh, I don't think I need to be checking this digital device as much as I am. Mm-hmm. And why do I always feel so so obligated to do so? And, and, and so just thinking about things in those, in those really objective ways, I think, mm-hmm. can be huge, huge insights into pre- preventing burnout or shifting to know that that's not the path you have to stay on. Right. So you and, start there with that awareness piece. And that's those are the three, the first three ones you mentioned it is like, you know, hey, your boss, the like actual real feedback from someone, like I said, anybody else. But then the the technology not just the uh, use of, you know, constant, excuse me, constant screen time, but also you talk a little bit about some of the binge watching and some of the habits that we have with technology, which I find, you know, really interesting. Again, it's awareness. And one of the other ones you mentioned is that when somebody else says to you, you know, like you used to really love this or, you know, and now, hey, you you know, you, you, load you it. don't have now time. You... Yeah, you don't have time to do this fun thing you used to do with me. But now all I hear you is talk about negatively about your work or those guys. All those, mm-hmm. all three of those really tie into what you mentioned about a, a better self-awareness. So do you think it comes down to just uh, listening a little bit more to your life and not like uh, kind of when someone gives you some feedback, brushing it off? Because we get feedback all day long. So it is very hard yeah. to know when I should be listening to this feedback or when it's just noise. Yeah. But what are your thoughts on that? Well, 
Yeah. So I heard this recently and it was a great reminder in that feedback doesn't mean failure. It's actually just feedback and feedback is a gift, right? We we've heard all, all of us have heard that before. Mm-hmm. So no, no matter what you're getting as feedback, it's data. So think of thinking of it like that first. So it's, I think we tend to go into reaction mode and there's a lot of judgments potentially like, well, what are you talking about? You don't know what mm-hmm. I do. Like there's just ways our brains work. It's not anything personal. This is literally how we're wired as humans and being the uh, survivors that we have over centuries and different generations. Now that you and I are here, we've evolved where we potentially don't think uh, in the most positive ways. We tend to be defensive or constrictive, and that's led us to survive this long, right? Where we're fending mm-hmm. off predators, or you know, back back thousands of years ago. And so, for us now to be aware is actually a huge step in progress. So evolving to that, but also. Um, being receptive to feedback is a conscious choice as well as taking responsibility, personal responsibility for your actions, whether mm-hmm. they're, you know, the good, the bad and the ugly. <laughs> and so that's like a huge, huge part of it. And I think in like looking back on my story, just for, I'll speak for my own experience. I don't think I was responsible. I don't think I really look, listen to it. I was more defensive. And at the time, like my negative mindset was in play. There really wasn't a lot of room for anything else. Mm-hmm. And I just assumed everyone had the worst out for me. So really interesting insights because at the, the reality is that was probably wasn't the case at all, you know, but there's actually research that when we tend to be in the negative tailspins or uh, mindsets where we're kind of like, oh, like that person's terrible and this happened and what a what a crazy world I'm in and I don't like this. We are actually in our minds programming to think and look at everything in a negative way. So there's actually very, even if there's the reality is someone's being super nice to me, I'm going to think they're a jerk. Mm, <laughs> and yeah. that's actually data and science. So the, the, the point is, I think, uh, when we take responsibility, each of us, and say, okay, I'm going to be knowing that feedback is a gift and it is data for me, whether it's true or not. It's just someone else has this opinion and maybe I'm going to learn from it. Maybe I'll be saying no way, but I'm going to be open to it. And that's what I call the growth mindset and Carol Dweck, Dweck, uh, Carol Dweck's research and work on growth mindset. If you've heard of her book, Mindsight, mm-hmm. I talk about her and pause, how important that is, because otherwise we just go back to our old habits and ways where we probably will say, ah, that person doesn't know me or, okay, I already know that. Thanks so much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and kind yeah. of brush off stuff. So I think responsibility is a huge part of it. The choice to be open, the choice to grow from that. Uh, and it, that changes a lot, actually, because I think we go through life in many ways thinking we got it covered. At least right. I did. Thinking yeah. I got it covered, thinking I'm, I'm okay, I'm going to make it, I've made it this far, hey, I'm at Google, I got it all done, like, we can do this. And the reality was, like, whoa, like, no, I actually didn't have it at all. Mm-hmm. And had I been a little more uh, aware of what my situation was, it probably wouldn't have burned out. And I would have been more open to the feedback and been like, okay, well, there's something going on. And what if I just sat down and had an honest conversation? And that's actually did, that did happen eventually, but it took me a while <laughs> to mm-hmm. be a while to get there. Well, I like, I like that. And that's really a lot more in your story, how, how you came to realize that you needed a pause. But I do like how you go a little further in the book and you bring up some other things 
that maybe other people are experiencing, um, like what brought them to this to this place, this what do you call it, this this fresh new hell, <laughs> you know, that they're now living. But you talk about like really assessing this, like what's happened to you in the last year, what's happened to you in the last eighteen months that maybe has been more traumatic than you allowed it to be. What what kind of a life event, what kind of a challenge, or what kind of a master change have you gone through? where maybe society has really pushed you to say, get over it. Like we have a big get over it society, you know? Mm -hmm. And instead, I like what you're saying is, you know, take inventory of what has happened to you in the last year and don't get over it. Stay in it. Let's 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 think about it for a minute. Let's see it as the opportunity to recalibrate. So talk to me a little bit about your experience with that and what you've been hearing from other people. Mm Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and think about it too, like in the way that this is all actually more on the the psychology front where Mm -hmm. it's about how we are as people and, and as humans and do we conform in society, even like conform with society and that we do go, go, go and keep busy and checking stuff off and achieve like I was, or do we pop our heads up and allow ourselves some space AKA pausing, um, intentional shifts in behavior to think differently. And that's nonconformity, right? Mm -hmm. So there's a stat that I have in my book that is from my courses from, um, from the Wright foundation in Chicago, where 70% of the world lives in conformity, which isn't surprising, right? So we all have jobs and there's just, it's like the pressure we have in our world and we see it every day. So the idea to actually do something different, and by this I mean really having courage, like having courage to look at your world, to assess what is working, maybe what isn't working, and be continuously doing that takes courage because Mm -hmm. that means you're open and available to know that maybe what you're doing isn't ideal for you anymore. Mm -hmm. And it was at some time, but potentially now the world is a little different for whatever reason for yourself. And it's time to shift. It doesn't have to be a huge shift. It could be maybe taking a digital device pause, the one that we talked about, which mm-hmm. is a type of pause where maybe you create some rules around your devices, which don't have to be crazy earth shattering. They might just be mm-hmm. subtle rules that help you create more boundaries. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's one example. But um, I think from the conformity side, the reason I bring that up is that we also have choices every day and we can choose how we are in any given moment. And I know from my own work, uh, on my own emotional growth and like emotional intelligence work, which is a lot of the research I studied in my coaching certification at Wright graduate university. That's all in the book. A lot of it is, Mm -hmm. um, the the things that, that I talk about are, um, just, just the ability to, choose in any given moment how are you feeling like tapping into that am i feeling frustrated am i am i actually feeling pretty calm am i stressed out uh and then choosing how to orient differently based on that like that's a huge shift but they can be done in any given moment right and so the thing i'm i guess my point is we're we're always just so focused on the task in front of us or taking checking ticks off a box as i was that we miss a lot of that Right. And if you miss that, you're just missing the moment, you're missing present time, and you're not getting the potential self-care you could give yourself, and we'll talk about that, yeah. but it's also um, really lacks, uh, like, 
the, the world of self-awareness, which leads to burnout. When you're not aware and you're just kind of going through the motions, not present a lot of the time, like I was, um, that's a big, big part of burnout and knowing that that's just not sustainable because you're not getting nourished in that. And the bottom line is you're just going to end up petering out of probably. Well, you talk about that in a lot of negative things when you face challenges, but I like how you turn it a little bit and help people understand that you also might need a pause when you have a new opportunity in front of you. So sometimes Mm -hmm. it is also positive things that can be coming at you, but you have to reflect. I really, really liked this part, Rachel, I got to say, where you have to reflect and say, why am I going toward this thing? Just because something is new and it is an opportunity um, you know, you kind of have to ask yourself, well, why did this opportunity come to me? Why do I see it? Why, why, why are my eyes open to it? Is my heart open to it? Or am I running? And I love this. I love this idea. You, you brought in a couple of things like when I think about this new opportunity or this major shift in, in my life, am I afraid of it? Am I sad? You know, it, or is mm-hmm. it something that's new? Is it something that's positive? Is it something that's making me excited? But sometimes new opportunities for us are not always positive. And you didn't say this in the book, so I'll throw my little two cents in Mm -hmm. here, but a lot of times, especially as an entrepreneur, and this, you know, a lot of entrepreneurs listen to this show. So I'll give this, this, their two cents for this, is that, you know, as adults, there are so many challenges we face every day as entrepreneurs. Running a business is not for sissies, let me tell you. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And a lot of times, you know, you ask yourself, well, how can I run away? I'm an adult, <laughs> you know, but you mm. want to run away from your life. And I think that society thinks it's perfectly acceptable for us to, quote unquote, run away into new opportunities. And that is not awareness. And that leads to more breakdown and more burnout. And I feel like that's what you brought into the idea about mm-hmm. assessing, you know, your life when a new opportunity, you know, presents itself. It's right here okay, let's take this opportunity to think, do I need to pause? Yeah. And that's another sign that I have. So one of the, the, I think the last sign is a new opportunity arises. And I think, yeah, it's important to reflect a little bit. And again, a pause is any intentional shift in behavior. And that's so important, even if you're going full steam ahead and things are going really well, because the idea is that when you create some space or do something different, your brain is out of its own historical patterns and whatever else you've been habits, things that you've just been used to doing a lot in your routine and pausing is out of your routine, hopefully. And it's also integrating into a daily type of way you could probably bring it in. But when you decide to essentially shift, you can think about things differently because you're no longer in that routine or that pattern that you're in. And I think a lot of this, um, I've, I've written a lot of articles recently about why you shouldn't quit your job if, if things aren't going great. And I think as an entrepreneur, it's the same idea. So maybe you want to pivot or, mm-hmm. um, there'll be different, there'll be different reasons in the, in the business world, I'm sure from different standpoints, but the bottom line is, uh, we all have beliefs and, these beliefs have shaped the way we live, each of us as individuals. So the beliefs that I'd held at one point may not have, may not serve me now. And they may also uh, dictate how I think about the world. And so 
if you actually look at that when there is an opportunity and say, what else could be different right now? Or how am I showing up? Or what am I feeling? Just allowing yourself some some space to maybe journal about it or think about it or have a discussion about it. Uh, you can come up with some pretty interesting insights, Mm -hmm. whether they're personally about your beliefs. So for example, if you think you never have time, like I don't have time, why am I cramming everything in? (laughs) Um, I'm sure a lot of us can relate to that, myself included. Okay, so that's a belief right there. You've caught a belief. Mm -hmm. I don't have enough time. Okay, well, you know, I have this book, uh, I have this uh, process in the book called the taser technique, T-A-S-E-R, and it's literally like zapping like a taser gun. And and the idea is that you can zap these thoughts if you catch them, but you have Mm -hmm. to be aware, and and it takes practice. It's a skill. So I tune in and notice that. That's the T. A is acknowledging that, like, okay, yeah, I don't have enough time. But what's the belief about me acknowledging that? And that might be like, I just don't have enough, period, mm-hmm. in time in this case. But the bigger belief is about that. And then you can also express it, so saying it aloud or writing it down. But then also, um, what's the opposite of that? And so the opposite, just the 180-degree opposite would be, I am enough. I have enough time. I have mm-hmm. plenty of time. You know, and it's it's about acting as if and fake it till you make it a little bit. And those are psychological uh, factors that actually over time, it, there's there's research on this too, that if we actually believe in that, that uh, we do create that, even mm-hmm. if we don't buy it in the beginning. And anyone who's picked up a new skill, maybe a, a new hobby or sport even, like you're learning how to surf, uh, those are, we all know, like you don't start out being a natural, most of us, <laughs> but if I fake it till I make it and I just keep going for it, I'm going to, I'm going to know that I'm going to do this. Even if I have no clue how to do it right now, then that happens. Mm -hmm. You can create that. And it's the same for your beliefs. So, um, I think catching those in the moment and then knowing that they can be changed and, and then believing in them and acknowledging them and then essentially just repeating that over and over again. That's the taser technique. Mm -hmm. You You can can shift that. You can shift it. Um, I agree. And I also like how you put in a lot of really small things. This was this interesting about your book was like, like, it's not this one big, massive practice, right? It's, right. It is a practice, though. And the mm-hmm. practice is so many different types of pauses that you you give people options for. And I like that because it fits a lot of different people's uh, you know, lifestyles like, hey, do you like nature? Here's a nature pause. You know, do you are you in touch with, you know, your actual body embodying, you know, um, your all your senses? Here's one for you, you know, and I really liked that. But I, I, I want to tell you, give you my feedback of one of the things I really appreciated in the book. And that was uh, you talked about um, this is pretty deep in. Um, but it talks about really getting in touch with actually what nourishes you as a person, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, and saying, okay, let me, let me really know myself in that way. And you touch on, and in the beginning in terms of knowing yourself and being aware of how you got there. But I think later on where, where you bring it is this idea of, okay, now that we're self-aware and we know how we got the, about the problems, let's be self-aware to know what is going to keep me staying here in this in this good zone where I where I am alive, I am awake to what's going on. And I love that idea about what, you know, really making a list, sitting down and making a list about what is nourishing. And I think it probably hit me even harder. Last year, my word of the year was nourish. And so when I read it, I'm like, oh, this is totally, you know, I'm getting this. But I wanted to mention just as we end, I wanted to mention one other piece you threw out there. You talked just a little bit about accountability in the book. 
Yeah. And I think that's a beautiful thing. I think that would be a beautiful thing for us to end on. And maybe you um, tell us something about what you've heard back from other people. But I think if we don't talk about this, we don't tell people that we're pausing or that we're rethinking our lives, we can very quickly fall back into it. And my suggestion for any of our listeners are not just read this book, but get someone else who will read this book with you. Because that's going to make a big difference on whether or not you can sustain these changes because life is busy, life is noisy. And if instead, even if I share with my spouse, hey, I'm going to try and rethink my complaints about work, or I'm going to rethink how I vacation with the kids, or I'm going, you know, if we just put it out there in a simple sentence, not like I have to develop a whole, you know, treaty on here, here's what I'm going to do that's going to change in my life. If we start, you know, talking to other people about them in small ways, and maybe even sharing a few of the pause practices, Practices, other people will start participating with us. Have you gotten mm-hmm. other feedback like that? Or do you have stories of other people who are doing this together? Yeah, yeah, actually, it's a great point. And, and it really takes a village, I would say. And <laughs> that, again, it's kind of this going against conformity and, and saying, hey, I'm going to slow down, I'm going to shift, I'm going to go a little deeper. And uh, I think this is what Ariana told me when I actually first met her. She said, we need to share our stories because mm. I asked her, how do we get companies to t- start embracing these longer extended pauses mm-hmm. and allow workers to do that? And her answer was, we need to share our stories. And then I shared about the book I was writing and things like that. So number one is share your story, share mm-hmm. what's going on, invite people in. And, and this is vulnerability. This is you being you sharing authentically. And when we're authentic, it gives people permission to be authentic as well or vulnerable. And it's not easy, right? This is the courage part. Mm. But when we do that, the world changes. And it's no longer me putting up my mask saying I got all this covered. And it's okay to say you don't. And so number one, I think, is sharing your story and inviting people in. And the way that you do that is to be vulnerable and share something that's maybe a little scary to share. Mm-hmm. doesn't feel comfortable. And that's normal. Like, that's totally normal. Mm-hmm. But the idea is that when we do that, we allow people, we give permission to meet us and see us mm-hmm. for who we are and who we can become. Mm-hmm. And, and so that is just a huge part, I think, of how to embrace accountability. That means you're holding yourself in integrity for being you, holding yourself to a standard that maybe invites other people to say, hey, that's okay if she's doing that or he's doing that, maybe I can do that. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that's a, a th- that's a really big part of it. And then the whole accountability piece, I think, is like I said, important for sharing your story, but then um, supporting each other. And we don't do this by ourselves. So the idea that you even just even share it maybe with one more person. Uh, I created a Facebook group on my page that is for a group and you can share your favorite pause practices. And like you said, there's a ton of tools in the book. I actually want to create some courses about this because there is so much here. I think there'd be great ways to, to, put it into play in a class and and like a book club. So all these things I have going on, but um, yeah, like we don't do these in isolation. That's not how change happens. Right. 
the way that we create in the world that we want is to share and grow and learn together. So finding those allies, who wants to be vulnerable? Wow, this person, cool. Like I'm going to share, maybe we'll get lunch next week and share Mm -hmm. more. And so you create a, a group of people who are your allies and that can become a platform for you to share more or even come up with new practices. If you're a business owner, like how are some ways that we can create a one pager for well-being slash pausing in the workplace? Mm-hmm. And maybe it's like 10 little ideas, like don't eat lunch at your desk Go out <laughs> for lunch. Like, wow, there's a no brainer. But how many of us do that? I know I did that a ton of times and I have my own personal, uh, personal goal of never eating lunch at my desk. And it's very rare now that I do, wow. but that took time and we're creatures of habit so it takes effort and skill to change things yeah, uh, yeah. but sharing is a big big part of it and and support so that is I think a, a key principle mm-hmm. for adopting a, a world where you can create the changes you want and pausing is for everybody you don't need money you don't need time you don't need activities it's about finding what works for you mm-hmm. and intentionally shifting that behavior but it does take conscious effort and it does take I would say a choice, the choice right. to commit to wanting that. Right. Yeah. No transformation, ha- you know, happens without that. Well, this, uh, Rachel, I'm I'm so proud of you. I'm I'm happy for you. I'm oh, I'm you. I'm excited for you getting married too. But um, this has been a great opportunity for me to also pause and to to think. It, it's been fun just to you know be reading through this mm-hmm. in preparation for the podcast because I've you know I've known you and we've talked about this and but it's so wonderful to see it really. Um, you know, actually lined out and just even just to hold it in my hand. That was special. So you need to go check out this book. It's Pause Harnessing the Life-Changing Power of Giving Yourself a Break. Um, anybody want a break today? <laughs> you need to get this Yeah, book. well, actually, let's just do this right now. I think this <laughs> yeah. would be a great end. Yeah. We'll take a, when all of us collectively, whatever you're doing in the world while you're listening, go ahead and just take one deep breath together, just inhaling through your nose right now. And exhaling through your mouth. Maybe you put a hand on your diaphragm or your heart. We'll take one more. And exhaling. And that was a pause right there. We intentionally shifted. See, we've already accomplished so much. <laughs> Begun the transformation. Well, I get so excited when I see your articles. Um, I've seen I've seen you writing in the New York Times. I've seen you in the Wall Street Journal on the on Huffington Post, which is super cool. But thank you for taking the time mm. out and talking with me and my audience. And if anybody has questions uh, for Rachel, um, certainly send them in uh, through the podcast. We'd love a great rating for the podcast. If you want to hear more great uh, um, authors and uh, thought leaders in this industry, please um, go give us a, a great rating. Let us know your review and what you thought of Rachel. But by all means, go out and get this book and start some small mindful practices that will give you some transformation. So Rachel, tell everybody where they can reach you and how you like to connect. Mm. And thank you, Priscilla, for having me. You're welcome. Uh, so I have a website. It's my name, rachelomera.com. Rachel, R-A-C-H-A-E-L-O-M-E-R-A. 
E-A-R-A, rachelomero.com. And from there, you can sign up. If you sign up for my newsletter, you'll get the first two chapters free, which is pretty awesome. So you can learn about my story. And then I've got the five signs you need to pause in that first chapter. There's a lot of, it's, it's like 50 pages. So you can get a bunch of stuff there and then stay up to date with future articles. And I'll have things like classes coming out and book club guides and cool stuff. So certainly go there. And I actually have a podcast as well called The Pausecast. <laughs> so you can go there and listen all you like for that stuff too. Awesome. Thank you so much, Rachel. And to all of our listeners out there, have a great day and take a pause. Thank you. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.